Hunter Biden would uh, ask his father to say hello to whomever he was at dinner. He said there were sometimes when it was friends and sometimes when it was uh, potential business partners or business partners. You know, potential business partners or business partners. Democrat Congressman Dan Goldman. He's the uh, heir to the Levi Strauss fortune, isn't that right? It's good to be a Democrat, isn't it? He's the designated Adam Schiff for the Hunter Biden story now. The Hunter Biden scandal, the uh, long list of Hunter Biden crimes. Can we call them crimes? I, I think so. Have any Republican district attorneys or state attorneys charged Joe Biden with any crimes yet? Because, you know, that's the trend in America now. Ought to be followed by the Republicans, I think. Democrats, once again, have blazed the trail, led the way. And uh, Republican state attorneys general and prosecutors on city and county levels should should do what Democrat prosecutors are doing now. And in their prosecution, persecution of President Donald John Trump, uh, and go ahead and just start charging uh, Hunter Biden and uh, Joe Biden with crimes. And and then, uh, once again, we can have the media demonstrate what they're made of when it comes to all this. Well, happy Tuesday to you, and uh, welcome back. Welcome once again to our humble radio broadcast. We uh, have the news media doing what the news media does, of course, and that Democrat congressman, well, sure, they, you know, gosh, they have friends, and some are business associates, and some are future business associates, and some are communists from China, and uh, some are oligarchs from Ukraine, and some are widows from Moscow, and naturally they've got to funnel millions of dollars to, to the Biden family because, you know, it's their brand. It's their brand. And this is, the, the, over the weekend, the Democrats and the media, but I repeat myself, were rejecting the, uh, the notion that the Biden family had a brand because, you know, Devin Archer and, and uh, other testimony and congressional um, uh, testimony has has led to the use of the word brand when it comes to the Biden family name. And the news media over the weekend was rejecting that out of hand. Well, they're not a brand. He's he's the president of the United States, and they voted for him, you know, twice in some cases. Uh, but the headline from NBC Fake News today is Joe Biden's brand is being tested like never before. His brand is being tested like never before, but uh, but on day before yesterday, it wasn't a brand, and you bristled when anyone called it a brand. So this is a little bit of a retreat and retrench by the frauds at NBC Fake News, uh, who are a Democrat Party front group. And now, oh, of course he's got a brand. It's the Biden brand. It's his brand. It's his brand as a family man, even though he doesn't know how many grandchildren he has and, and uh, often doesn't know how many children he has. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of you know, it's a nice family, except for the passive-aggressive behavior of his crackhead, stripper, knocker-upper, Russian hooker, Dayton son, Hunter, Biner, Hunter Biden, kicked out of the Navy uh, for repeated cocaine abuse. It's a you know, good thing he left his laptop uh, to be discovered, a little passive-aggressive thing filled with uh, all kinds of damning and probably illegal uh, family conduct all over the place. And then, of course, the daughter who left the diary under a pillow at the rehab house because where she explains in her, her diary that she became a sex addict probably because her father used to shower with her, uh, everybody naked because it's the shower, you know. 
and uh, and she was much too old. I don't know what the appropriate age is to be showering with your daughter. Probably no age, but that's that's okay. What do I know? And uh, and then she became a sex addict and a drug addict and an alcoholic. And you know because NBC News has it right here that his brand is as a family man, and that's the, that's what they're saying, not as a uh, you know money laundering. Um, uh, business tycoon with global interests. And how many uh, LLCs, uh, Jeff Wolf? Jeff Wolf in today for Michael Piercy. Michael will be back tomorrow. And uh, he's on vacation with his family, having a happy time. And um, uh, yeah, that's, uh, but NBC News, Joe Biden's brand is being tested like never before. Conservatives centered on Biden's family have become fodder for GOP attacks that cut at the bedrock of the president's longtime political appeal. Well, it's long time. I don't know if it's political appeal. But the uh, NBC fake news, Jonathan Allen uh, from the Steno pool uh, down at the DNC, and Natasha Karecki uh, typing for the Democrat Party at NBC fake news. President Joe Biden's brand as a family-oriented public servant who doesn't know how many grandchildren he has I just added that part. That's not in the NBC story there. <laughs> Has been a signature political asset for more than 50 years, NBC fake news typed on behalf of their party, the Democrat Party. But now he's got a brand. Now it's a brand. Now this is them retreating and retrenching because, well, I, we're going to have to admit that he's got a brand. We can't. They're using the word brand. Do we fight them on the use of the word brand or do we just say, oh, yeah, he's got a brand as a family man and uh and so that's what they've decided to do. The, um, the Gold Star families that testified yesterday in Escondido, California, thanks to Congressman Daryl Issa uh, out there, the uh, Gold Star families of the 13 U.S. service members murdered by a radical Islamic jihadi suicide-attacking terrorist bomber who also murdered about 100 Afghans that day at the same time. The uh, Gold Star families testified yesterday in California, and uh, they didn't think of Joe Biden's brand as being that of family man. And uh, but I'll get into that as well. Uh, all kinds of all kinds of stuff out of California yesterday from the Gold Star families and the debacle that was the Joe Biden catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan. Oh, Trump made me do it. You know, uh, take your pills and uh, get back to work. Uh, I know you don't get back to work much, but uh, but there it is. So we've got uh, we've got uh, that for you. Also, the FBI in the news, uh, FBI official involved in the Trump Russia witch hunt uh, is expected to plead guilty to corruption charges. And this one is uh, quite an amazing story because the Washington Post doesn't have it, of course. But the uh, FBI official breaking news, FBI official involved in Trump Russia witch hunt to plead guilty on corruption <clears throat> pardon me, on corruption charges, and his name is Charles McGonagall. Charles McGonagall. Now, this one is kind of amazing because of a number of things, but but uh, the um, this is the guy who was pushing and pitching the Trump-Russia collusion and was um, instrumental in getting uh, Mueller appointed as a special counsel to investigate um, there's still no special counsel for Joe Biden with all the receipts and the millions from Ukraine and the and the phone records and the suspicious activity reports from the from the Treasury Department, which they stonewalled on for months, of course, and and all of that. 
But we'll get into uh, we'll get into that now. It turns out that this now former FBI agent Charles McGonigal, um, who was the uh, head of counterintelligence for the FBI's New York office, he's uh, expected to plead guilty to corruption charges in uh, in New York. Why? What's the corruption for the FBI agent? Well, it turns out the guy that was pushing the Russian collusion narrative, as it was known. Um, it turns out that uh, he's got some Russian ties himself. What a random coincidence. Isn't that amazing? A once-respected figure within the FBI indicted earlier this year on a series of charges including violating U.S. sanctions, conspiracy, money laundering, uh, charges linked to his work in 2021 with Russian oligarch. What? A Russian oligarch? Oleg Deripaska. And Oleg Deripaska, a figure who was sanctioned by the United States government, but this FBI agent who was a counterintelligence guy in New York and was pushing the Russian collusion thing with President Trump, turns out he has a major in Russian collusion himself. If you're looking for Russian collusion, look no further than the FBI agent who was at the FBI pushing the false Russian collusion narrative uh, when it comes to President Trump. Isn't that amazing? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And uh, turns out this FBI agent involved with Russian oligarch Oleg uh, Deripaska, uh, boy, oh boy, and Oleg Deripaska was sanctioned for his alleged role in interfering in the 2016 U.S. presidential election. And who's in bed with him but this FBI agent, uh, Charles McGonigal, who's pushing the Trump-Russian collusion narrative. Isn't that amazing? God, the FBI sucks. You're all fired. You're all so fired. This is just astonishing. Really, every FBI agent needs to go on strike. Every, you know, who's not uh, in the tank for the Democrats or the Soviet Union or or whatever it may be. Wow, isn't that amazing? So the uh, Oleg Deripaska uh, in bed with this FBI agent, McConaughey, and uh, Oleg Deripaska was, was sanctioned by the United States government because he allegedly interfered in which election? The 2016 election. Wow, isn't that amazing? Hmm. And I've got uh, more for you on that coming up as, uh, as well. Gosh, just, uh, just extraordinary stuff. So we've uh, we've got that, and we've got uh, we've got another uh, FBI another FBI story for you today as well. Um, but now this guy with the Russian collusion, it turns out he's the one colluding with Russia. Isn't that amazing? What a uh, what an extraordinary tale it is. Uh, also, we've got uh, the Panhandler Broadcasting System. This one made me laugh. The uh, PBS interview they did an interview with a woman who calls herself a climate psychology therapist, a climate psychology therapist. The Democrats have made themselves mentally ill over the weather, and now they need climate psychology therapists to shepherd them through these difficult times. Because, you know, as Congresswoman Katie Porter taught her nine-year-old daughter, the earth is on fire and we're all going to die soon. That's what she taught her nine-year-old daughter. She has three children. Child Services has not intervened uh, yet, as far as I know. Uh, but this is, uh, it is a mental illness, that just another one. They've got the, the epidemic of gender dysphoria mental illness, the Democrat Party does. And they have climate dysphoria, 
uh, mental illness, too. You know, the federal government was shut down yesterday, uh, midday, because there was a storm coming uh, in uh, August in Washington, D.C., and the rain came through, and it did knock down some trees in a few places and some power outages, too. Uh, But they shut down the federal government hours ahead of the storm reaching, and they also predicted that there were going to be tornadoes. And they made it sound like Washington, D.C. was going to be wiped off the map by a swarm of tornadoes uh, like only Hollywood could conjure up. And the the city uh, was evacuated like uh, the Russians were invading, uh, although the Democrats just invite the Russians in now. But the the uh, the storm came through, and I, I, uh, I, I was, it rained where we were for about 15 minutes, and it was a little bit windy. And then the skies opened up, and uh, we got back to life as usual. But it was terrifying. And, then, you know, there were uh, some areas in the, in the, in the vast uh, Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, uh, some areas were hit um, and had trees knocked down and power lines uh, knocked out. But uh, they closed the federal government down because there's rain coming, and businesses were shutting down and sending people home, and uh, uh, businesses were closing because the weather reports were so apocalyptic that if you took them seriously— uh, you know, you might flee the, the planet and try to find some place with no wind and no rain, uh, but, uh, but amazing stuff. And PBS climate psychology therapist about handling anxiety from climate change because the anxiety from climate change. And again, the Democrats, like members of Congress, Katie Porter, teaching their children that the earth is on fire and we're all going to die soon, and, um, and that should make you angry. Angry should be your natural response. Maybe you should loot um, a clothing store and uh, maybe loot, loot lemon or something and, and maybe burn a police car because you're angry because, you know, climate change. But uh, the Democrats are, are violently uh, criminally insane in so many instances and uh, completely crazy. So the uh, <clears throat> suggested the climate psychologist suggested individuals find local climate cafes. They have climate cafes. They have climate. Are they underground? Because those could flood, and then you'll all drown like rats. I'm telling you, climate cafes or find therapists, a, a climate aware therapist directory. There is a climate aware therapist directory, and that's uh, what they're advising at the Panhandler Broadcasting System with our taxpayer dollars. Pretty, uh, pretty amazing stuff. Also, a Sikh man, a Sikh, um, turned the tables on a shoplifter is now facing criminal charges because the Democrats love the criminals and not people that interfere with criminals. An American Airlines pilot uh, gives a speech when uh, passengers all get aboard his plane, and it's kind of a fun one, not what you might expect. Um, uh, uh, uh. Ron DeSantis steps on his own thing once again. We got that. And uh, late-night network TV shows are dead. They just don't know it is a headline from Red State today. And that's that's uh, pretty much true, isn't it? Yes, it is. We are at 888-630-9625. 888-630-9625. The earth is on fire and we're all going to die soon. You're listening to The Chris Plant Show. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. 
Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. There's another FBI uh, story today, too. FBI agent lied under oath about knowledge of Hunter Biden laptop. Talks with Facebook uh, and uh, documents prove that uh, another another FBI agent, another crime. Um, isn't that amazing? Right, I'm going to get uh, all that and uh, a whole lot more good stuff. Let's go to the telephones right now, Jeff. Let's go to let's go to Andrew calling from Manassas, Virginia. Andrew, you're on the Chris Plant show. Yes, sir. I totally agree, and I've been saying for a while that we we need to start prosecuting some Democrats. And uh, I I adopt Jeff Kelly's. I don't care what it is. Let's uh, let's just do it. But the, they could start with the Nashville um, County Attorney could level charges against uh, Biden and the 51 people who signed that letter because they committed a conspiracy and a fraud on the American people. And that's where they executed it at the debate in Nashville. If you recall, the president proudly said 51 former intelligence agents said what he's saying is a bunch of bunk. He knew it and they knew it. And so did the FBI. So let's start there and then find more. You know, that is an excellent point. And the felonious 51, as we have come to call them, um, led by former CIA chieftains, including one of my favorites, penitentiary face John Brennan, who you just look at his face, you know, he belongs in San Quentin or someplace. But he um, he was one of the leaders. And who was it? Uh, Mike Morell, uh, another former uh, CIA director. And they got 51 people, including Dana Bash's ex-husband, Jeremy Bash, to sign on to this. And you're right, it's a, it was a conspiracy. And I, I talked about it at the time, Andrew, I don't, uh, I don't know if you were listening when I talked about this, but I did say that was, you know, that was a conspiracy. It was collusion. It was election interference, and uh, and you're right, it absolutely was. And the 51 of them. Now, I I also pointed out at the time, Andrew, that they used a lot of weasel words because they're Washington snakes, and they know how to be slippery uh, with Capitol Hill style language, like has all the earmarks of. And they'll say, well, it does have all all the earmarks, but they're lying, of course. This is The Chris Plant Show. Yeah, panic. Panic about the climate is everywhere. And uh, yesterday I was talking to you about uh, this uh, Barack Obama biographer who was a friendly of Barack Obama's, of course. And and uh, there was a lot to talk about. There was a very lengthy article in uh, Tablet magazine uh, on interview with Obama's biographer where a lot of interesting things were revealed, uh, letters that Barack Obama had written to a former girlfriend when he was going to college at Occidental College in California. And he wrote to her about how uh, he had um, um, 
fantasies about having sex with men, just like Larry Sinclair said. Um, and then the biographer said some very interesting things about him as well, uh, being kind of, you know, the, the, uh, the birthplace of, of modern fascism in America, um, Barack Obama in their, their merger with big tech, right? And uh, that, that means Facebook and Twitter and Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg and, of course, Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, and, and uh, they're so in bed with the media oligarchs, it's uh, it's kind of an amazing, an amazing story, you know. And and with that, I was reminded of it when I was reading yet another article this morning about the corruption of the FBI. And uh, the the biographer writes, he said, and he's a, a Pulitzer Prize winning historian as well. He said, I think future historians are going to look at the Obama presidency and see it as the moment when this new oligarchy merged with the Democratic Party. Now, this is what I've been saying for a couple of years now, for several years, really. And and I whip out, because it's appropriate, Benito Mussolini's definition of fascism. And Benito Mussolini defined fascism as a merger of state and corporate power. And now here's this Obama biographer and Pulitzer Prize-winning historian who has said that he thinks that future historians will look at the Obama presidency and see it as the moment when this new oligarchy merged with the Democratic Party. And he's talking about big tech. And this is what I've been talking about all along, too. And use the capacities of these new technologies and the power of this new class of people, the oligarchs and their servants, to create a new apparatus of social control. Now, this is what the Pulitzer Prize-winning historian wrote about Barack Obama, um, the person uh, whose, whose biography was written by, by this very historian. And this is a, a, pretty, a pretty amazing uh, collection of, of quotes from this, this really important biographer. Um, and mm, 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 mm. and I, I got to say, when he's saying what I'm saying, uh, that there was a merger uh, as Benito Mussolini envisioned, a merger of state and corporate power, and he defines it as, as the, uh, you know, the, the Obama presidency as the point at which, and historians will see it this way, the point at which the Democratic Party merged with the oligarchs, exactly what I've been saying for years now, the information oligarchs. And as I pointed out, the Socialist Workers' Party of Adolf Hitler uh, the National German Socialist Workers Party, the, the, um, they merged with big industry, with the oligarchs of steel and locomotives and airplanes and you know Daimler-Benz and Kruppstall and, and all of that, because that's what they needed for World War II. Now the left in the United States needs to dominate in the information age, and the information oligarchs are their most important allies because controlling the flow of information is everything. Right, and so I found this to be to be fascinating, uh, quite quite an interesting, quite an interesting article in uh, Tablet Magazine and some revelations here, uh, not just about how uh, Barack Obama wrote his girlfriend that he fantasizes about having sex with men, uh, and then Larry Sinclair coming out and holding a press conference saying that he had had sex with Barack Obama many times, part of the big lie, make the lie so big, 
that uh, no one would dare not believe it. It's uh, pretty extraordinary stuff. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, and the, uh, yes, sir, David Garrow, the uh, biographer, uh, Tablet Magazine, an important story. But uh, more important, honestly, than uh, who Barack Obama is fond of buggering is, uh, is the merger, using the same language, that the, the new oligarchy merged with the Democratic Party and used the capacities of Twitter and Facebook and, you know, the social media, um, Silicon Valley, Democrat hellhole, of these new technologies and the power of the new class of people, the oligarchs and their servants, to create a new apparatus of social control. Now, that's a big deal. And I was reminded of that this morning when I was reading the latest story from the New York Post. FBI agent lied under oath about knowledge of Hunter Biden laptop, comma, talks with Facebook. And a uh, new documents demonstrate this. A San Francisco-based FBI special agent lied under oath about discussions he had with big tech companies that suppressed the New York Post's reporting on the contents of Sun first son Hunter Biden's laptop hard drive on the lead up to the 2020 election, according to an internal Facebook document. Elvis Chan, his name is Elvis, like Elvis Presley, Elvis Chan, like Charlie Chan, made false statements about his communications with Facebook over the bombshell October 2020 reports that revealed Hunter Biden's uh, involvement with his father, Joe, in business deals with foreign nationals. Internal communications obtained by the House Judiciary Committee show. So wait a minute, we got the FBI, FBI agent, San Francisco special agent, Elvis Chen, who is on the horn with Facebook on the lead up to Election Day, um, trying to corrupt the presidential election, because I'm guessing Elvis Chen is a Democrat, right? And so he corruptly interfered with the election, as a representative of the FBI, through the social media oligarchs, which is where you find the merger of state and corporate power in the 21st century in the United States of America. And then under oath, Elvis Chan uh, lied about it. Facebook employee said October 15th of 2020 in a message that he had spoken to Elvis Chan, who said he was up to speed on the FBI's probe of Hunter Biden's laptop, and that there was no current evidence to suggest any foreign connection or direction of the leak, right? Now, this is kind of an interesting thing because Chan had shared the information during a follow-up phone call with a Facebook employee uh, following a conversation the day before between FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force and Facebook officials. Hmm during which the Federal Bureau of Investigation declined to comment on whether the laptop was real or not. But in sworn testimony on November 29, 2022, Elvis Chan, FBI, said he had no internal knowledge of that investigation. So who was he lying to? And was he lying under oath? Because the Facebook memos uh, appear to suggest that he was lying when he was under oath and maybe... Uh, lying to Facebook, too. It's it's hard to say. But uh, there you go. The documents, and Jim Jordan has put out the documents and the passage from the congressional testimony where Elvis Chan, FBI agent, lied under oath. And he's just lying about the FBI's uh, collusion with the Democrat Party and uh, lying to the American people, deceiving the American people. And again, part of this, uh, that the, the intelligence 
community letter signed by 51, which was what we call an information operation that was run against the American people by the U.S. intelligence community and people like Mike Morrell and penitentiary face John Brennan, who, of course, famously voted for the Communist Party candidate, Gus Hall, for the presidency of the United States. Not that he's a commie or anything, but Barack Obama, whose mentor as a teenager, as a youth, was a card-carrying member of the American Communist Party, Frank Marshall Davis, uh, and then Barack Obama made this communist voter the CIA director, and then the CIA director is involved in usurping a presidential election. Pay no attention to any of this, right? Why would that be an issue? And never mind that Benito Mussolini defined fascism as a merger of state and corporate power, and now Barack Obama's biographer, a Pulitzer Prize-winning historian, also says that Barack Obama's presidency will, historians will say in the future, will be marked as the moment when the new oligarchy merged with the Democrat Party, which is Benito Mussolini's definition of fascism. As I have been saying, I'm not a Pulitzer Prize-winning historian, but I should probably get a Pulitzer Prize anyway, don't you think? Probably should. And the, the beginning of uh, the use of those capacities by the Democrat Party and the new technologies, um, the oligarchs, to create a new apparatus for social control. Now, this guy is an Obama Pulitzer historian biographer. I assume he's a Democrat, right, because it's a great big circle fest in a hot tub. So we got the FBI agent lying over here that we learned about last night, Elvis Chan, under oath about what? About tampering with social media on the lead up to the 2020 election. See, that's election fraud. That's, uh, that's what that is. And it's a conspiracy. Uh, as Andrew said, our last most recent and brilliant caller. And then, of course, I cited the other story today because there's another FBI scandal. Uh, and that is that the FBI agent involved in the Trump pushing the Trump-Russia collusion is now going to plead guilty to at least one uh, federal crime, one federal charge, and it has to do with this FBI agent's involvement. Charles McGonigal is his name, and it has to do with his involvement with a Russian oligarch. Isn't that a strange coincidence, named Oleg Deripaska, gosh, who was being sanctioned by the United States of America because he has been accused of interfering in the 2016 election. Wow. Look at how, look at how these pieces come together. Isn't that bizarre? Uh, let's go to the uh, telephones, Jeffrey. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Tony calling from Tampa, Florida. Tony, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Chris, thank you, man. You bet. Uh, while the Chinese are building the biggest uh, Navy in history, those Stone Age Democrats are talking about global warming, Jim Crow, and slavery. Without the, and that's what they tell black people every time there's an election. They talk about Jim Crow and slavery. And unfortunately for us in this country, this beautiful country, the black people suck it down wholesale. Without the black vote, there will be no Democrat Party. This would be a stone-cold, straight-up capitalist country with business and money and jobs all over the place. The, the minimum wage would be $25 an hour. But unfortunately, that's the way it breaks down. And Craig, you should get the Nobel Prize 
because you're doing a great service for this country. And we out here, we love you. And thank you, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Tony. And, yeah, one of the great ironies, and I've been pointing this out for a long time uh, as well, uh, you're right. The Democrats go around talking about uh, the 19th century when the Democrat Party fought a civil war to keep their slaves. Their president, Jefferson Davis, of the Confederate States of America was the Democrat in the Civil War, the South, the Democrats. And in the North, we had Abraham Lincoln, the first Republican president ever, who was then, of course, shot in the head and murdered by a Democrat at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C., because the pro-slavery Democrat, John Wilkes Booth, uh, couldn't stand the idea that Abraham Lincoln was walking around alive, so he went and murdered him. And by the way, every single Jim Crow law, Tony, was a Democrat law, every one of them. And you're right, the Democrat Party has the mendacity and the audacity and the information dominance that allow them to go around talking about slavery as though they're not the party of slavery. They're the party of the bullwhip, the party of the plantation, the party of the tree and the rope. They created the white knights of the Ku Klux Klan, their boy Nathan Bedford Forrest, who was a statewide leader of the Democrat Party. Uh, Jim Crow laws. There was nobody actually named Jim Crow, but all the Jim Crow laws were Democrat laws. Everybody that stood in a schoolhouse door was a Democrat. Uh, Sheriff Bull Connor with the dogs and the firehouses was a Democrat and a statewide leader of the Democrat Party. It's not like he just voted Democrat. He was one of the leaders of the Democrat Party. And, you know, if the Republicans uh, had uh, any medal, you know, this is why Republican voters like President Trump so much, because he comes out and, you know, you hit him. He hits you back, and then he puts on Truth Social Media, you know, you uh, hit me and I hit you back, and then they charge him with crimes because they don't believe in free speech, uh, and they're fascists. They, you know, as Benito Mussolini said, the merger of state and corporate power. And then as Barack Obama's own historian, Pulitzer Prize-winning historian and biographer, uh, said that the beginning of the of the uh, Obama presidency will be seen as the moment when... Uh, this new oligarchy, the information oligarchs, merged with the Democrat Party, uh, fulfilling Benito Mussolini's definition of fascism, and used these new capacities uh, to create a new apparatus of social control, which is what information dominance is all about. And I've been talking about this for uh, quite some time, haven't I? Yes, I have. I most certainly have. And here we have the FBI from Elvis Chan uh, and his collusion with the Democrat Party and uh, running a disinformation campaign with the social media oligarchs, who are, of course, in the back pocket of the Democrat Party, which is why you know Elon Musk's life is in danger every day, because the Democrat Party became apoplectic when they saw that they had lost control of Twitter. They were using it as part of their apparatus for social control, as the award-winning historian described Isn't this amazing stuff? Thank God. We still have free speech. This is why the Democrats want to crush free speech, too, because they don't want people like me out there putting the pieces together and holding them up there for people to see. We are at 888-630-9625. There's only one Chris Plant. The Chris Plant Show. Yeah, 
Yeah, Barack Obama. You know, introduced, I've been talking about this, and uh, now Tablet Magazine and David Garrow, the historian, um, parroting me uh, on the merger of the Democrat Party and the information oligarchs. He's even using my words, which is appropriate because it's accurate and correct. And see Benito Mussolini's definition of fascism because the Democrat Party... Keeping in mind that, uh, you know, Adolf Hitler's party was just another European socialist workers' party of the 20th century. And the left is here. The Democratic Party isn't. These people are not liberals. They're the left. Couldn't be more different. Uh, let's, go, uh, let's go back to the telephones, Jeff. Let's go, to, let's go to Mark calling from Reston, Virginia. Mark, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Chris, good morning. Yes, part of the uh, social control that we're talking about Uh here is also rooted in climate change, right? Or what was global cooling in the 70s, which turned into global warming, which then turned into, I think, climate change. And now it's, I don't know, catastrophic climate change. But I do remember when the weather forecast in, in D.C. was something like this. Today, it's going to be sunny with a high of 93 degrees. Now, it's not. It's how the weather feels to everybody, right? Today in D.C., it's going to be 93 degrees. But with the heat index, it's going to feel like 187. It's all symptomatic of the, you know, Katie Porter syndrome that they're trying to infuse into everybody. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, you know, just another thing to be terrified about. And it's the, it's the secular apocalypse. I've been talking about this for a long time as well. They, it's the, they got their invisible man in the sky. They killed God. And if God did not exist, it would be necessary to invent him. So they invented God. And guess what? It's them. And uh, there's an apocalypse that is coming. The invisible man in the sky is CO2. Uh, and uh, only they can save us from us. But in order for that to happen, they're going to have to put the hobnailed boot of the state on your neck and mine, right? Yeah, and ask for a few bucks, I'm sure. Hey, and ask for a few trillion, a few trillion dollars. Um, yeah, just a few. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly yeah. right. Um, yeah, amazing stuff. Also, yeah, today I think is the anniversary of uh, the first use of uh, global warming in the in the papers. The anniversary. Uh, I've got that coming up too. That's, I got a lot of stuff. Hey, uh, Mark, thank you for the call. Good call. That's exactly right. It's all about the left. It's always about control. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.